Okay, we're back again. This is the fourth week in a row now without Chris. I don't want to say too much, uh, but once he's released from questioning, he can probably come back next week and, and, and tell us, uh, that poor kid, I hope they find him. So that Babysitting business has gone right on the drain. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to be calling him again. So, Laura's here, and Carl is here. Hello. They're reliable Hello. people. That's four weeks in a row now they've turned up. Good, haven't we? <laughs> Fair play. Carl, you've got another riveting topic for us then. Cults. Charming. <laughs> Any particular cult? Just all of them. I'm fascinated by the, well, just by the, A, the premise of a cult, the the fact that they exist, and B, it's the psychology behind why people join them, why people are attracted to these people who lead these different cults, and just why they end up. Isn't it a sense of belonging that you feel you want to belong, like a church, you know, you want to belong to a church, you want to belong to a cult, you want to feel as though you belong somewhere and you're part of a community do you think it's something like that or i think think that's the fundamental attraction so usually a lot of these cults start off with an ideal so the one that i've watched recently jim jones and the jonestown one when i think it was back in the 60s or the 70s when the cult started it was advocating equality of everyone gender race now during the 60s and 70s that was huge because of the American culture at the time where it was very separated by white people, black people, minorities, etc. So the introduction of this cult to bring everyone together in this utopian society appealed to a lot of people. And that I can totally understand, which is probably why it's one of the worst cults of all time because of what happened to those people and how they were manipulated. I think it was, yeah, the People's Temple agricultural project and jonestown was the location they bought in south america i think guiana guiana yeah right because i don't know much about cults so what makes something a cult when does it go from being an idea to a cult well i don't i think the well i don't know what the word cult where it comes from and i don't know would it not come from culture i'm just going possibly oh that makes sense that makes sense that does make sense yeah so look at that. It's like Wikipedia there. Yeah, the origins Wikipedia, of cult. Good old trusty Wikipedia. Yeah, we trust Wikipedia. It's it's gospel. Because it's like I said, what, what makes something a religion and what makes something else a cult? Is is cult a legal term to use for something? Or is it something that we use in society to label like a band of outcasts? Because I would see a cult as almost... And it doesn't have to be a religion as in Christianity of some sorts, but something people follow religiously when it gets taken to that next step yeah. when it almost controls their life then and they live by it it's a total brainwashing of you believe in what this person says regardless of the context of the what they say you just you have absolute faith and you use a lot of religious connotations but you have absolute faith in this person that whatever they say is true regardless of whether it actually is you believe them so well, I've got sort of two definitions come up here, right? Uh, one is a system of religious veneration and devotion directed towards a particular figure or object. And That's all religions, basically. Two, a person or thing that is popular or fashionable among a particular group or section of society. So I think most of these big cults are the, the first one, and they, where it's a, a system of religion, yeah. religious veneration and 
devotion towards a particular figure or whatever. The second one sounds more like what we would now call a trend. A, a fad. fad. I was going to say, otherwise, yeah. man bun would be a cult. Yeah, <laughs> like yo-yos were a cult back yeah. in the day because everyone had a yo-yo, and then when that passed, it would go on to something else and something else. Yeah, so it's not nice. I think it gets seen as a cult when it's more um, not so much malicious, but I don't know, drives people. Yeah, like Harry Potter. Pretty sure has a cult following because I would everyone not be loved. surprised. <laughs> and Game Star of Thrones, Star Wars as well, probably. Star Wars is another one. So Chris is one of those cultists. People that speak Jedi and stuff like that would they be part of the Star Wars cult? Possibly. Yeah, if you're speaking Jedi, I think have Jedi's got a language. I don't know. Is it Klingon? Am I going to anger some people here? Klingon's a language. Klingon. Yeah. I think you can get a degree in it now as well, can you? Wow. Oh, Go outside. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe that. I'm all for people. I like Star Trek. I like Star Wars. I think they're great shows. I've watched most of the shows in that regard. But then I... Maybe this leads on perfectly to cults. There's, There's clearly something missing there where you enjoy something to the point where it takes over your life to where you want to actually be part of that universe and you totally disregard your life as it is now to become something that just doesn't exist. So learning Klingon, if you can get a degree in Klingon, shame on the universities because that's just them grabbing money for the sake of grabbing money and I wouldn't want to spend three years with people who want to learn Klingon. But... I think it's what you do with it once you once yeah, you've learned. There's no Klingon. practical purpose. You can probably go to an event. You can probably go to Star Wars events and talk. You can be employed to speak Klingon to people who have the same things as you. I suppose that's the only use that I can think of. But well, that's really so, warm me up. That is. <laughs> are we almost saying then? So, like you were saying, you've watched Star Wars, you enjoyed it, but you're not now rushing to uni to go do a degree in it and stuff like that so can people control whether they're gonna be that um extra about it shall we say is it i think we've, we've mentioned this before about people's vulnerability to certain things a lot of people have addictive personalities where they start doing something and they can't stop until that something is completed or whatever it is they get too invested into topics and sometimes it leads them into the deep end And I think a lot of these people would fall under the category of things like this and probably the ones that get, you know, get taken into cults by droves because I think fundamentally there's something missing in their life that needs, there's a need there for something. They don't know what it is, but they know their life isn't complete. this has really worried me now because I have a really addictive personality. That's one of the reasons why I don't watch movies and stuff like that because I know I'll get brainwashed. What's missing in my life? <laughs> You're a candidate. You're a proper candidate for a cult. If we're gonna I start am. if we start a cult now, I don't know what it would be or what it would be called. I'd be we a could perfect target you candidate. because you'd be uh, you'd be into yeah. our cult. I could be a little science experiment. <laughs> Very easily manipulated. <laughs> You're almost volunteering. I- See what I mean? I'm a cult stream. I was putting you in the kitchen. But 
if you're offering to be a science experiment. Yeah, just, just basically sign the dotted line around. Uh, yeah. Make a sandwich whilst you experiment yeah. in tomorrow. Where's this going? <laughs> I think that's those are the type of people usually get taken into cults. And I I don't want to be di- not even be well, it's not even based on education, because a lot of the people who were part of this cult in Japan that we just looked at, they were very intelligent people. They were not the average person that you'd think would join a cult. They were in very high positions in uh, hospitals, business. They were very switched on individuals. But there was something that brought them to that cult that they didn't have in their life, and that drove them to do these horrific things. And I think the cult leaders themselves are not stupid they're very very intelligent individuals and they have ungodly skills in the written language the spoken language they're very charismatic they're very good at spinning spinning the story salesman they're the yeah salesman on crack these people are <laughs> and if they can convince thousands of people to kill themselves just because their cult says so then there's got to be something wrong with not something wrong but there's got to be something there for these people to do that but there's got to be something fundamentally wrong with the people that are listening to this not fundamentally wrong that's a horrible way to put it but there's got to be something missing that attracts them to these cult leaders for them to say i trust you enough that i'm going to end my own life because you say something's going to happen that's past the point where you're a rational human being and you've just gotten lost in in the propaganda because, I mean, I know it's not as... It's still a cult, but it doesn't go into taking your life and stuff like that. But Scientology is a cult. And you look at the people that are in that, and you would never say they're stupid people. They're very successful, clever people. So there's got to be something else to it. So could it maybe be the brain makeup? Possibly. in depth as that? Mental. Yeah, that's a good way yeah. to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Polite way of saying it, but yeah. Because the Jonestown one is, is is a fascinating case study because it started off like that and then as most cults do, the, the leader, James Jones, was sexually abusing a lot of the women. He was sexually abusing a lot of the men. But his excuse was that, you know, a, a relationship with him was like having a relationship with a godlike entity. He was doing you a favour by introducing you to the cult and having relations in, with him in that regard. How, how, do you, mm, how do you believe? You know, I've heard a lot of men say a lot of things to women and other men to, to you know, not manipulate them, but to try and convince them to get into relationships or have one-night stands or whatever it may be, but never to the point where I am a god. It's almost that power play. Yeah. Very much power play. They've almost got to know the people they're targeting. They've got to know that there's something, like I said, missing or that they're still seeking that one thing and they have to almost convince them that they can give them that thing they're seeking if they do this. It's crazy. And people obviously look up to them, the fact that they're sort of the cult leader. Yeah, they see them, they idolise them. They are, in essence, like gods to these people. They are totally removed from society whatever they do is seen as like an like a miracle like an act of the the almighty that they've 
chosen, they've bestowed this on people to choose them, to bring them into their cult, to bring them into their personal space or whatever it may be, to bestow this gift upon them. And then they com- they're completely subservient. They'll do whatever they tell them to do. And w- how do you get to that point? Where do you draw the line to say, I, my entire life now is based on whatever this person says, irregardless of what they say? That's... How do you even get to that point? Sense of belonging, isn't it? Everybody wants a sense of, of of belonging. But how do these people even start a cult? You know, do they actually turn around and think, "Oh, I'm going to start a cult"? They can't, surely. They've obviously got to believe it themselves for them to even be able to get other people to believe it. Because if you don't believe it, nobody else is. Yeah. So they've got to wholeheartedly believe that what they're saying is true, and what they're doing, and what they're teaching is right. So it's got to be. It's either they're completely delusional, and they what they f- perceive to be true. They take on. So let's say, like I don't know, like L. Ron Hubbard, he created Scientology as a joke. I reckon it was a bet. He goes, "I bet I can make a religion." Yeah, yeah. Because and he, he was he was a writer. He was creative. Um, he could come up with that sort of stuff. And I think his version of that was always meant to be a money making. Yeah. It was never seen as something he believed at all. He wrote that knowing that people would believe it regardless. Yeah. And they did. He was totally right. But some people, and I think it's exactly that, if, if you're selling a product, you've got to believe in that product or nobody else is going to believe in you. So if you think the world's going to end in 2020, you've got to be absolutely convincing that the world is going to end in 2020, whether you... And I think a lot of these people do believe it. I think some of these leaders, regardless of all these skills that they have, you may see as a positive in other areas there's something wrong with them as well. They're, they've got mental health issues, but they're allowed to operate in society because of their charisma and the other skills that they think people don't see them as as unstable. And then they, they convince themselves that the world's going to end. They then convince a bunch of other people. And then you've got the blind leading the blind. And it's really unfortunate because it generally ends in mass suicide. That's what mm. these cults inevitably happen. I think that's what it is, isn't it? Even if they don't believe it to start with, the more they say it, they'll convince themselves. Whether they're like, you know, the more you repeat something and the more you say something in a convincing manner, you are going to believe it yourself at the end of the day. And then they're teaching more people. Maybe they didn't believe it to start with, but they're almost brainwashing themselves. And because they're a powerful figure, because they can say things with confidence, other people are going to believe them. And the more joining you get, they think, oh, look, there's 30, 40 people believe in this person. There's got to be something to it. You start believing it too. And then it just builds and builds and builds. I think the, the, circle. the larger the community gets, the more people of like-minded, well, more like-minded people are in the same proximity. They start talking to each other. They start convincing each other that what they're doing is a good cause. So all that leader has to do is convince a handful of people and then once this community starts, it's almost as if it takes care of itself then. They start convincing themselves that they're doing a good thing and then more people get brought in and it just sp- expands exponentially then. Because then obviously the person in charge is going to make, is, he's going to start promoting people to do things for him. It turns into almost a company-like structure then. Mm. You've got person A in charge of this, person B in charge of this. And then they go off and recruit people. They convince them, they bring them in the community, they show them that, they're doing a good job. And Jonestown was a perfect example of that. When they sent people over to the site where they were all based, it was beautiful. They had their own gardens. It was meticulously kept. There was a great 
culture there. There was entertainment. It was it was a great place to be from the outside. But on the inside, you know, he was abusing everyone. People were kept there against their will because he didn't want them to go back out in society and spread bad words about him and, and what he'd set up. And I think at one point, a few people managed to escape. They told their story and they were then investigated by an American politician who then uncovered what actually happened. And I think he got shot. I think they killed him on the runway as he was trying to escape from the locale. And that set the entire thing into a spiral then. Yeah, I was just looking at something here now. and I've lost it now, but... Um... Oh, there we are. Guards armed with guns and crossbows had been ordered to shoot those who fled the Jonestown Pavilion. The there you Jones go. That's what it ends up as. Yeah. 70 or more individuals were injected with poison. A third of the victims, 304 of them, were minors. It's like a social virus, isn't it? Yeah. It just spreads and spreads. And when you got it, you can't leave because you get shot by a crossbow. And what happened at the end of it was when it was all uncovered and when he, when he realised that the gig was up. That was the end for him. His last act as a horrible human being was he convinced, I think it was over a thousand people to kill themselves because that was the end of their dream. They were about to be wow. uncovered. Their dream was going to be ruined. Like I said, th like 300 kids, you had men, women, children, all in this community. You know, women were feeding their kids poison. They were killing their children in front of everyone and then killing themselves. It was an absolute tragedy see i think that's when it gets sad is when children get born into it I, yeah. I not to sound horrible those men and women they although they were manipulative and they were probably naive individuals at the end of the day they made their choice yeah, to go into it whereas those children that were born into that environment they know no different they had no choice they didn't choose to join that like 300 kids died that's disgusting isn't because it? some guy well, his gig was over, basically. I think he shot himself afterwards because, you know, there's no escape from that. So he he effectively murdered all these people. I, I'm, it's not, you can't, convincing someone to kill themselves is, is by all means murder. You're an accessory to murder. And then he, he killed himself afterwards. I'd love to see inside people's brains like that, their brain set up, because it, it can't be, I know you talked about nature nurture and stuff like that before and stuff like that, but... There has to be something more as to why these people are like this. Yeah. Why are people so easily manipulated? And, and these people who are in charge, what's different in their brain to give them the charisma or the, the, the prowess of speech to be able to convince these people by the thousands to kill themselves? And even the want to do that. I mean, there's probably yeah. plenty of people out there, if they tried hard enough, they could convince you that the sky's green and stuff like that. There's people out there... But then they don't want to because they know it's lies and they know it's yeah. malicious. So what makes these people think like it's the right thing to do? It's probably, it's got to be a power thing. You know, people want to be the CEOs of companies because they're seen as the most powerful, influential person in that company. It's their company, they're the top. This must be the same thing. That's they want to have a demographic of people do whatever they tell them to do, have absolute power over them to the point where they can, essentially get them to do anything like having that being seen as godly having that godly being seen yeah. as a godly figure delusions of grandeur oh yes i'd hate to be drinking the same water <laughs> <as them. laughs> but ultimately it's 
you get these poor, naive people who get conned into joining this cult because maybe their life isn't as complete as they thought it was. The cult may offer them redemption or it may offer them a chance to fulfill that. And at, at the start, it probably would because they're meeting a lot of people and getting involved in certain things. But over time, it never ends well. So would you say cults are always a bad thing? For the most part. Well, they always seem to end up badly, don't they? Yeah. And it's difficult to differentiate between, you know, what leads something to be into a cult or just a group of people that happen to like the same thing. So we talked about (laughs) Star Trek. If someone wants to learn Klingon... You can probably spend your time doing better things if I'm being really honest. But if that's your thing, if you love that, you want to do that, that's how you express yourself. You're not harming anyone at the end of the day. So yeah, if a group of you and your mates want to start a little organization for your enthusiasm of Star Wars or Star Trek or whatever, great. You're not harming anyone. Cool. You found your little calling. You can go off in a little group and do whatever you want. But where do you draw the line then to say, well, that's just a like a community or a group, when does that start becoming a cult? If one of them then tries to convince the rest of society that the aliens in Star Trek are going to invade the Earth and they need to join their cult and do this and do that, is that when it starts to get too... Yeah, because I think at that point it's just it's just like a it's like a night out, it's like a social gathering sort of thing, isn't yeah. it? I think when they all decide to go and live like Klingons in some big house somewhere or on a ranch, yeah. And they totally devoted their lives to speaking Klingon and living like Klingons and everything. Then, yeah, then it becomes a sort of a cult yeah, because I you, think li- it, you devoted your whole life to that. I think it's the maybe the rejection of reality where you're you don't want to live in a normal society. You want to live almost as if you're you're part of the TV show. So your life is essentially. You try to mimic that show as much as possible. So yeah, you wear the uniform, you go on expeditions or you role play this thing to a point where your life becomes the TV show rather than your actual life. But then is that a cult or is that not just creating a new society because you're not forcing other people to join? I mean, people do that with loads of different things. You get some people that say, I'm not working, I'm not paying bills and stuff like this. I'm going to go live in a forest and live off the land. Is that a cult? No, that's usually just... That's just homelessness. <laughs> no, but they're not being forced into it, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, the ones that are proper, like, living off the planet, like, tidal power, or solar panels, and all this malarkey. They don't work, they few, don't pay bills. A couple of cool YouTube channels that do that. It must be the manipulation factor, then. When you start trying to convince otherwise oblivious people that something is happening... so. The Star Trek example. If people who were interested in that topic joined that community, you probably wouldn't bat an eyelid because it's just people of like mind going off to do that thing. But when someone starts manipulating normal people to say, well, if you join if you don't join our society, the world's gonna end because the Klingons are coming to the earth to kill you, or whatever it may be, as soon as that starts spreading outside of that group and they start manipulating normal people I say normal people, you know, you know what I mean, not I'm not saying the people who like this aren't normal. It's just in terms of the people who aren't predisposed, not predisposed, people who aren't interested in that subject matter. When they start going, when they start branching out to those to convince them to join their group, irrelevant of whether they like the subject matter or not, 
I think that's when it starts to become a little culty then. So the flat earthers really could become a cult if they all sort of started their own um, commune, communal area, and lived together and said, right, you know, we we all um, we all have one belief: the earth is flat. This is how we're going to live our life, as though the earth is flat. That's a, that's an interesting one. That is because I don't know where they'd go. Because if the earth is flat, because <laughs> <laughs> um, logically, if you start off in position A. And you just keep going east, you'll end up back in position A because the world is round. With the flat earthers, well, as a Joe, you could just say, right, well, just keep driving east and see what happens. And eventually they'll end up in the same place because that's how that's how it works. Mm. But yeah, I mean, what they're trying to do is that's more prominent in society now. They they've the amount of people that have bought into this belief is phenomenal. It's quite scary, actually, that people are willing to to join this without doing even a basic amount of research. Well, there's, there's absolutely not a shred of proof at all, is there? None of them can come up with any proof. But ironically, there was a documentary that I watched about the Flat Earth Society. Yeah, didn't it backfire on them? It completely backfired. So they bought this very expensive scientific equipment to prove that the Earth is on an axis, that it rotates based on the gravitational pull of the moon and the sun and the whole solar system. So they set up this massive experiment to try and disprove scientific theory. And all they did was prove it even more because the results came back as they expected to say, yes, based on this data, the Earth is clearly rotating on a, you know, it's it's got the cycle of, you know, rotating 24, well, 24 hours or whatever it is. And then you've got the yearly movement of the Earth away from the sun. That's what that's what seasons are. If the Earth was flat, there would be. Well, where do you even start? Is the is is like a, so? You've got the rest of the solar system. Is it just a flat planet like that? Is it? Does the solar system exist? Does the universe exist? How do you explain seasons? It's not someone. Well, I suppose if we're in a computer simulation, then someone yeah, could switch on is. the seasons. But <laughs> in the context of these flat Earthers. What they're saying is that we live in like a snow globe where you've got this dome of glass around the earth and then seasons are controlled by whomever controls the thing. But in the simulation that we're in now, if this is a simulation, the earth is round. The earth is not flat. So, yeah, it's it's unfathomable, really. And all you have to do, I'm pretty sure there's an astronaut that went into space who was posting pictures of the Earth from the space shuttle on Twitter. All they have to do is look at one of those pictures to know it's not fake and the Earth is round. It's yeah, but very they, don't, they don't believe him, though, do they? They, no. they, they think all these photos are sort of uh, photoshopped. <laughs> like the moon landing yeah. didn't happen. Yeah, That's it didn't happen. tinfoil conspiracy. <laughs> I think they, you can... they reckon it had been harder to fake the moon landing than to actually <laughs> go to it. the moon. Well, we were talking <laughs> in the 60s. Why bother? The technology to send... Uh, rocket to the moon then was unbelievable but the computing technology to do that is different from the technology used to manipulate the movie scene so there's no way they could have faked the moon landing not with the the sounds the gravity the atmosphere they wouldn't have known what something would have sounded like in space as it would compared to being on earth it's 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 not fake and some guy tried to tell buzz aldrin that the moon landing was fake and he knocked him out and it was <laughs> glorious he still got it 84 years old they yeah, went up yeah. to him and he absolutely floored him it was brilliant 
But kudos. Going back to that cult thing and saying potentially those who think the earth is flat are cults and stuff. So would veganism be a cult in that retrospect? Because you always get vegans and stuff trying to ram it down your throat, trying to get other people to I turn. don't know if that's a cult or just mental health issues. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> have we not established the same thing? <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> very <laughs> true. Yeah. Um, veganism frustrates me because... I'm all on board with people being vegetarians because they seem a little more reasonable sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. I'm glad you said sometimes. But again, it's, it's a very small minority of people that seem to get the attention. Now, where I cross the line is I've seen a lot of articles where vegans are have they have pets and they're denying those pets the natural diet they're supposed to have. Now, cats and dogs eat meat. Cats kill, well, if we're talking about cats in general, you look at like a lion, a lion's a cat, that kills buffalo, that kills anything. A lion is an absolute carnivore. It's a killing machine. Yeah, it, it, wouldn't, was, look, it wouldn't look twice at a tomato. If, yeah, exactly. You don't see lions chasing <laughs> tomatoes on the Serengeti. You say <laughs> that, you say that. I got two cats and I was in bed once eating a kebab and chips. I sniffed the kebabs and then went and ate the chips. That's a, that's it, a cat from South Wales, that is. It's <laughs> worrying, isn't it? <laughs> Cheesy chips. <laughs> Why are you in bed eating kebab and chips? It's obviously been on a night out, and I? <laughs> <laughs> obviously. It's Friday night. <laughs> Friday night staple for me, that is, kebab and chips. <laughs> Not in a vegan household, though. It would just be the chips. It's just, yeah, yeah. I've obviously got a vegan cat. She's trying to ram it <laughs> down my face. It'd be a salad, wouldn't it, surely? <laughs> but it's just, it's the absolute denial of where we've come from as human beings and where we've evolved. Yes, we have the choice now to say, I don't want to eat meat, but fundamentally, well, I think humans are omnivores. They can eat meat and they can eat vegetation because it's the best of both. Yeah, worlds. I think we were originally designed to only have meat little, like now and then because we couldn't always catch it. So then our body would store it. That's It was seen as a treat and stuff like that. That's why too much red meat and stuff like that is bad for us because we didn't have it all the time originally sorry to interrupt <laughs> no 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 I, I, education I, there sense. for you yeah and i'm with you on that one because as we've discussed previously i uh, i don't buy meat anymore i only meet, eat, eat meat in work but not on mondays <laughs> well they stopped that nonsense that didn't last <laughs> yeah because they lost a tremendous yeah. amount of money nobody why. went there yeah. they turned around and said right none of you are eating meat today you can piss off but is that then <laughs> could we not say that's almost trying to start a cult so everyone that doesn't eat meat on Mondays and they're trying to get everyone else not to eat meat on Mondays? They're trying to start... A, Could they, that they, not be a cult? They're pushing vegetarianism and veganism a lot now because they're trying to, quote, save the planet. And whilst I do agree that we eat, we do eat meat way too often, like when I talk to my gran and my grandparents about eating meat, they would have uh, chicken on Sunday... And that chicken would last them a couple of days afterwards and then they would just have whatever they could. Because my grandfather used to have an allotment. He'd grow potatoes and vegetables and whatever. They'd eat whatever they could on those other nights. Maybe they'd have a few eggs that they would last over the week because meat was expensive and they wouldn't eat a lot of it. Now, meat's pretty pretty cheap and pretty available, so it's mass-produced. So you've got all these farms and whatever producing all these toxic gases and whatnot. Ultimately, there's too many people on the earth, I think, at the moment. Overpopulation causes a lot of these problems that the vegan thinks can be solved by not 
eating meat. But the irony is, if we stopped eating meat, we'd have to plant more farms. More farms mean less land for the animals because you'd have to bulldoze everything to make more farms for all the vegetables. So their solution is equally as bad to the earth as ours, but ours is more delicious because beef <laughs> is awesome, bacon's awesome. I'd rather have animals producing bad gases than the complete devastation of the land because of all the farms. It'd be droughts eventually. There's only so many farms you can water. But it, it comes down to the cruelty against animals. The life of an animal at the moment isn't as seen as important to the life of a human being. And we're the more intelligent species, unfortunately. If you look at nature, the premise of nature is the strongest survive. So if a lion is chasing a gazelle, if that gazelle is faster than the lion, that lion won't eat for however long it won't eat for and may die. It's just the way nature is. That gazelle was faster. The lion didn't catch anything. Sucks to be the lion. If the lion catches the gazelle, the lion gets to, to live longer, passes on its genetics, and probably creates stronger offspring. So they, you know, they're predisposed to be able to catch these other animals. And that's the way it is now. We'd, we've evolved past the point where we can easily catch these animals to eat them. They're delicious. They're very nutritious. They're packed full of vitamins and minerals to make the human race stronger. Why wouldn't we eat them? But I think we've passed that. But we no longer hunt for our food. If we did go out and hunt for our food and fish for our fish, fair enough, but we don't. We farm animals yeah. to eat them. That's lazy. And it's not healthy. They're pumped with um, antibiotics and stuff like that. So like the human species have become immune to antibiotics because it's in our food and stuff like that. So 30 years down the line penicillin is going to be no good to us because we're eating it every day without really realizing and stuff like that whereas it costs a lot more to farm animals and a lot more space than it does for vegetables and stuff like that and cook it right you can have a vegan sausage roll, and i'm not a vegan right but you can have a vegan sausage roll and not know the difference sort of thing it's all about how you're cooking it and educating it but i don't think we should not eat meat at all I just think we need to go back to when it was more of a luxury and you'd have it on Sunday su Sunday dinner and that would be it. Maybe a carcass would last you through the week, make a stew and something like that from it. But the rest of the week then, cause the amount of food we're wasting yeah, as a society as well is disgusting. Have you tried Linda McCartney's mozzarella, <laughs> mozzarella quarter pounders? They are delicious. Are they actually? I haven't. I've heard everyone raving about Linda McCartney. <laughs> We've mentioned these on the podcast so many times. If Linda is listening, we... Email us. Shout out, Linda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, email us from the other side. Because, <laughs> yeah, and it comes down to taste as well. You know, we're, I, I've always said this. I think Burger King have got an impossible burger now where they've said that it's totally organic, but it tastes exactly like mm. a meat burger. And if that's the case, sign me up. I'd rather... It's about taste for me at the moment. I love the taste of bacon. I love the mm. taste of beef. A bacon butty in the morning. Oh. Mm. But if there was a vegetarian or vegan alternative that tasted exactly the same, I would gladly stop eating meat and go for the alternative. Why, why wouldn't you? It's probably going to be healthier yeah, longer yeah, term. Yeah. And it's probably better for the environment. Especially but, if it was cheaper as well. Yeah. But at the moment... Because I've grown up eating meat, my parents have been feeding me meat, and I've grown accustomed to the taste, and it's widely available to me. I, you know, I do eat meat on a regular basis. But if I could find an alternative that was just as satisfying, 
I would gladly stop eating meat. I'm not eating meat for the sake of just eating it. I eat it because I like the taste. Yeah. If they if they can give me like <laughs> the Linda McCartney burgers, if I'm honestly, if I'm having, a, if I feel like a burger, I'll go to Asda and get some of those because they're they're nice burgers. Or you can order them online though as well. It's even better. <laughs> no, but, I'm ordering tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but. And it's the same with everything else. And I think a lot of people would do the same thing. If you gave them two burgers and you didn't know which one was vegan, they chose the vegan one, then it, it, the message is trying to get healthier foods to taste a lot better than they currently do. Yes. I think that will appeal to a lot more people than just saying meat is bad because you're, just, you're starting an argument then that people are just going to dig their heels in rather than trying to convince them logically that... You know, over time, they should start maybe thinking of vegetarian alternatives. I agree. And I think vegans are almost doing a disservice to themselves because if they stopped harping on about how great it was, more people would probably join. But it's because they hear people going, it's so good, it's so good. I say, do you know what? Because you're raving about it so much, I refuse. I'm going to eat a bacon sandwich in your face <laughs> to shut you up. Yes. <laughs> Whereas if they didn't harp on, you wouldn't care. And you'd be like, actually, yeah, I will try that Linda McCartney sausage to, you got by there. Yeah, they need to stop <laughs> preaching so much. And what's the joke about v- vegans? How do you know someone's a vegan? Or oh, don't worry, they'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> That's how culty re- veganism's become because it's almost they feel like it's their duty to educate the world that eating meat is bad and so on and so forth. And I think fundamentally, a lot of us who do eat meat know that it's not it's not bad for us in small in small amounts. But you know, consuming you know the amount that some people do, particularly cheap cuts of meat. Like I said, if if you're far if you're hunting deer, you know it's usually you kill it, it's processed, you know maybe a day or two in between, and you've got a very fresh steak or whatever it is and that's great but a lot of stuff you see in the supermarket has been traveling it's gone from it's been killed it's been processed it's been chilled and it's traveled from one location to another for days on end it's not it's not fresh meat as they advertise it as whereas if you hunt the meat and get it yourself well then kudos to you because you know it's a very difficult process it requires a lot of skill and a lot of this and a lot of that and it is healthier for you like joe rogan talks about it all the time like he goes elk hunting. Yeah. And they kill it. They get some guy to chop it up. They've got all this meat then that lasts them for months. They freeze it. Job done. There's no waste. And he's happy. They, they've killed one animal. That will satisfy his family for months and months and months. And that is ultimately how we evolved. But now there's, there's too many cheap things available. You can go to McDonald's and get a cheeseburger for a quid. How much meat do you reckon is in that cheeseburger? Because it's a quid. It's a quid. Whereas if you had a cheeseburger made of real meat and real beef of a real quality, it's going to be expensive because it's real meat. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. But going back to that cult thing and vegans, I think veganism isn't seen as a cult because people don't get hurt from it. Or like you've never seen the news. 30 people died because of veganism. It never happens. Whereas these ones that we were discussing earlier, it forces people to do dangerous things or take their lives and stuff like that. So that's why it's seen as a cult. Whereas there's plenty of other things out there that people almost worship or preach on a day-to-day basis, but we don't classify them as cults because we don't see them as dangerous or harming others in We society. were talking about um, Apple, Apple users. Yeah, that's, they're a lot of... We that's, were joking. I'm one cult. of those. 
we were joking that that's almost a cult-like thing because as soon as a new phone comes out, people have got to get it. Um, they pay more for Apple products than they could for Windows products. Like an Apple computer that would perform the same as a Windows computer is almost double the price. See, I would argue that Android users are a cult. Yeah, Because if ever I'm sat next to an Android user and I whack out my iPhone, iPhone's rubbish, blah, blah, Android this, Android this. Yeah, I'm never going to harp on going, your Android phone's rubbish, Apple this, Apple that. It's, so it's very vice versa, yeah. well, isn't it? Apple people usually do, though, don't they? Mm. They're usually the, uh, the worst for uh, Apple's brilliant, Apple's... I think the, Android the Apple users products, are getting just as bad now. The Apple products are really, really quality. They're good, they're well-made and stuff. They look nice. I, you know, I got my reasons for using Android is because I, I couldn't do what I wanted to do on an Apple phone. Because I wanted to create folders and and be able to move stuff from one folder to another, you can't do that on an Apple phone. So I didn't, and I've always looked at the the iPad and the iPhone as a bit of a it's like it's like the baby version of of a product in that you're so restricted to what you can do with it that you know you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't install any old app. You can only install an Apple from the the was it called iTunes or whatever? See, I think that's why I like it sort of thing. I know if someone handed me an Android now and said ring 999, the place will burn down. I wouldn't have a clue how to use it. Whereas an Apple, I know where to use it. If I take a picture on my phone, I go home and it'll be on my iPad. It all syncs up nice. I don't know what's going on in the background, but it's happening. With an Android, I wouldn't have a, there's too much options and too it, much yeah. customizability for me. I think me. that's the appeal to it. Android typically appeals to more technically inclined people. There's much more, there's way more features than the iPhones. It's highly customizable. You can put your, you don't necessarily have to use the operating system that comes with a the phone. There's so many tricks and tips that you can do to route the phone and do all this sort of stuff. Tech, tech people love Androids. And iPhones tend to be much simpler. They appeal to people that don't necessarily have a technical inclination, but the phone looks nice. It does exactly what they want. And yeah. it's basic. Yeah, it's got its benefits for that. And it's, then you have yeah. these tech people then who are up their own arse saying, oh, Android can do this. And it's like, well, it's different strokes for different folks. You know, if people want to use iPhones because they like them, they're more comfortable using them, great. If they want to pay more for them, well, that's, that's their prerogative. It's got nothing to do with us. And I'm changing my mind now because I used to be one of those Android arseholes when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> and over time, I've realized this. this I guess it's the whole process of growing up. And we were talking about this the other day. There was reused Macs that you can buy. And they had a few scratches on them, but you could buy cases specifically for the laptops to make them look beautiful. And I couldn't help it but think, there's no logical reason why I should buy this over a Windows product, but it looks bloody nice. It yeah, looks yeah, 10 yeah, times yeah. better than any laptop that I've ever had. And that's why people buy them. No, and I agree because go. I know before off ca off camera, very weird camera. <laughs> <laughs> but before we were just talking about laptops, and I could have probably bought a normal laptop ages ago, but I've been saying I want a MacBook, I want a MacBook, and they double the price. I'm not going to yeah. use half the features I got, but I want it because it's nice, light, and it's got the same symbol on it as my phone. And that's why so many people buy them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, look at the refurbished ones on eBay. There's loads on there. They're like 300 quid. Blimey, no. That is dangerously culty, though, because people like that symbol. Yeah. So maybe I'm part of a cult. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all are fundamentally, and we don't even know it. On that I note, agree. let's call an end to that, though, because we've been nearly 45 minutes now. It's been our longest one. 
time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, I think we should go and eat some fried rice and. Sorry, vegans. Yeah, meat. <laughs> yeah, I love how our, when we mention cults or people that we don't like, it always ends up with vegans being in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Vegans always in the firing line, didn't they? Poor vegans. Well, that's the only thing they're good for, right? <laughs> <laughs> so that's the end of another week. Maybe Chris will be back next week. Who knows? It depends. Uh, thank you both. Depends on whether he's found guilty or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Men are best. Goodbye. <laughs>